Hey friends, welcome to the Catalyst Podcast. We hope you enjoy what you're listening to, and may you find peace and grace in all the words that are before you. I'm originally from Ohio, came here right out of Bible school. Um, I was raised in a Christian home, um, went to Christian school. Uh, my parents were um, first-generation Christians who grew up with a lot of uh, brokenness, um, a lot of abandonment, rejection, and alcoholism. And uh, when they came uh, to know Jesus and set their, the course of their life in that direction, they were very radical, and they were like the ones in the 70s that were like burning their records and doing all that wild stuff. And so through my childhood, you know, my, my parents were wonderful people. They were always loving, and they supported me, and they, they were just good people. But there was it kind of slipped into that legalistic thing, and then that's kind of how the church I went to and the school I went to, the legalism of uh, – making Christianity more about a religion and following these rules and walking this tightrope. And if you slip, happen to slip off the tightrope, then God didn't love you anymore and you messed it up and you needed to change. And so it was just, it was a little bit harsh. Hmm. So, and, uh, so I went to, um, I felt this calling, you know, I, I, I was a teenager. I was a youth group kid. I, I, you know, I never once got grounded. I was just like, follow the rules. I was a Christian <laughs> kid who never drank or smoked or tried anything. And uh, I went to Bible school. I felt this uh, this kind of like fire in here, this, um, this call in my life to, to go uh, run with God at a deeper level. So I went to Bible school and um, learned a great, wonderful, amazing things about the Word of God that um, that is still in me and part of me, you know, because the Word of God, you know, it's eternal. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't return void. And when it goes out, it always brings something back. And, yeah. In uh, Hebrews, it says that the Word of God is active and alive and full of power, you know. So those things that you get as a kid or along life's way, you know, sometimes you might not remember them, but they're those seeds down there that are that might be uh, lying a little dormant, but they're always there. But um, when I, uh, after coming to Humboldt for a while, I just kind of had that overwhelming curiosity about life and, uh, you know, uh, Partying, and I, you know, I had to think like, oh, I want to see what it's like to be drunk or smoke pot or do these things. <laughs> I just want to feel it. I want to experience it. That's what everybody else has done, you know. And this is part of the culture here, the marijuana culture. So, so, um, you know, and I, I had this. My relationship with God growing up was always, you know, I had experienced the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. I had seen supernatural things and miracles. I, I had experienced things, but I always kind of was standing on the outside of the doors, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I, you know, I just, I, I just for a moment, I was like the Frank Sinatra song, you know, I'm going to do it my way. And yeah. I just said, you know what, God, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to put this over here and I'm going to live my life and I'm going to do whatever the heck I want mm-hmm. and just see how that goes. And so um, I did that for about eight or nine years. And, um, you know, my life started falling apart on me. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that space in my heart where the spirit is that was full of God, I started replacing it with all these toxic things. Uh, substances and alcohol and just crazy wildness. You know, I, I, being a sheltered kid, if anybody knows that grows up as a sheltered Christian kid, yeah. when you come into the world, it kind of hits you in the face really hard, and you go from one extreme to the next. So mm-hmm. um, as a standard today, you know, I, it's it's kind of a miracle that I'm alive. And if I get a little excited while I'm talking, <laughs> it's because if it wasn't for Christ and the power of God and the power that's in this book right here, I would probably have destroyed my own body with drugs and alcohol, or I would have just killed myself because there's just, you know, there was no hope. Mm. 
And in uh, January of 2009, I just came to this place. I just, I just couldn't take it anymore. I had no peace. I, I was so empty, and I was just so destroyed on the inside. And I knew, I knew, I knew what the answer was. I knew where the answer was, but, but I just never, I just didn't want to surrender to it. And so, first thing I did was open up Psalms 91, and I was like, because I always really loved Psalms 91. And I started reading it, and I got to the end. Okay, first of all, I read and study from the Amplified Bible. Um, I don't know if you all have ever heard of it, but uh, I was an English major in college, Humboldt State, 2005. Woo-hoo! I got BA in English, and so I'm a, I'm a word person. I love words. Word girl. And when I often wrote essays, my professors would write too wordy on <laughs> So I love words. And the Amplified Bible is really wordy, but I love it because I like to stop and think yeah. and ponder those words. So... I, the first time I cracked open my Bible after all those years and opened my mouth and started talking to the Lord again after all those years, I turned to Psalm 91 and I read through it and I just cried. And then I got to the end where the last two verse, three verses were. It says, 14, because he, which is me, has set my love upon God, God will deliver me. He will set me on high because I know and understand his name. I have a personal Knowledge of his mercy, love, and kindness, trusting and relying on him, knowing that he will never forsake me. No, never. I will call upon him, and he will answer me. He will be with me in trouble, and he will deliver me and honor me. And with long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. And what I saw instantly in there was the word personal knowledge and understand and know because And what it was is, you know, I I grew up in this Christian reality, but I didn't really know and understand who God was. I knew the Holy Spirit. I knew what the Bible said. But I didn't have that intimate thing with God, you know. And it's like, you know, Adam and Eve, when they were put on this earth, the first man and woman, you know, it says in Genesis that God came down and walked with them in the cool of the day, you know. Mm -hmm. There's this uh, intimacy with God that you can come to. That nobody else can take away from you, and it's just between you and God, and it really is just the core of like the peace and goodness of God. It's where it lies, and uh, most of the time it's kind of found in your own time with God. It's kind of amped up in church, and it's great to talk about it, but it's really in those alone times mm-hmm. that you really get that personal thing. So uh, we're going here at our church. We've been going through the book of Mark, the Gospel of Mark, and uh, Bethany when she asked me to. Speak today, she said. How, let's talk about Mark 9, uh, verses 2 through 13. And um, you know, this is this, we're gonna read. I'm gonna read through this in my, my Bible here. But you know, it's a really intense uh, portion of Scripture. It's like some really wild kind of spiritual things happen here. So let, I'm gonna read it, and then we're just gonna kind of go through it and uh, talk about it a little bit. Okay. So Mark 9, verse 2. So we read, we talked about this last week. The chapter before was when, you know, Jesus asked Peter, "Who do you say that I am? Who do people say that I am?" All these miracles would happen, feeding the people with the loaves and the fishes, and coming to the end where it says, "Where do you, you know, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul?" Mm. So this is what's coming before this. So anyway, verse two, it says, six days after this, Jesus took with him Peter." And James and John, and led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them and became repleasant and with divine brightness. And his garments became glistening, 
intensely white, as no fuller cloth dress or launder on earth could ever bleach them. And Elijah appeared there to them, accompanied by Moses, and they were holding a protracted conversation with Jesus. And Peter took up the conversation, saying, Master, it is good and suitable and beautiful for us to be here. Let us make three booths or tents, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. For he did not know, really know what to say, for there was a violent fright, they were aghast with dread. And a cloud threw a shadow upon them, and a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my son, the most dear, worthy, beloved one. Be constantly listening to and obeying him. And looking around, they suddenly no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus only. And as they were coming back down the mountain, he admonished and expressly ordered them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man should rise from among the dead. So they carefully and faithfully kept the matter to themselves, questioning and disputing with one another about the rising of the dead, what it meant. And they asked him, what do you strive to say that is necessary for Elijah to come first? And he said to them, Elijah, it is true, does come first, to restore all things and set them to rights. And, and how it is written that the Son of Man, that he will suffer many things and be utterly despised and be treated with contempt and rejected. And I tell you that Elijah has already come and people did to him whatever they desire and it is written of him. Okay, so here's the portion of scripture. When I sat down yesterday and I was reading these scriptures, and I like to look up uh, Matthew Henry as an old-time uh, commentator, uh, and I love what he has to say. He just breaks things down really good. And, and, I, and uh, I just was searching my heart and searching my spirit, like, you know, what, what's, what's the message here? Like, what am I supposed to talk about? What, God, what do you want to say in your word out of my mouth to Catholic Church? And so... You know, the main part that I see here is the concept of su supernatural things, okay? What is supernatural? Supernatural is the super of God, and natural is us. Mm -hmm. And what we, and this right here pulls out some supernatural characteristics and qualities of what Christianity really truly is, mm -hmm. okay? Um, it's not being a Christian, when we when we come to a place, or any human being on this earth, it doesn't matter who you are, you come into a place where you acknowledge Jesus. You say, just like here, when he asked Peter, who do you say that I am? I asked people, who do you say that Jesus is? Do you believe he was a prophet like Buddha, Muhammad, or do you believe he was the son of God? Mm -hmm. So when people say, you know, I believe, I believe that Jesus was the son of God. I believe that God, God, Jesus is who God's word says he is. There's something that happens on the inside, and it's it, it, it's this deep down in your spirit, you know. And in 2 Corinthians 5:17, it says that we've been made a new creation, mm -hmm. and there's another translation that says a brand new species. Mm -hmm. And so when you acknowledge Christ, there's something that happens on the inside that starts working to the outside, and that's that's when we have a desire to walk and talk. And look and smell and want to be like Jesus. Hmm. But it happens deep down on the inside. You know, every human being has this spirit. You know, we, we have this spirit down here. You know, we can't see it, but it's the real us. And there's something that awakens and comes to life when we acknowledge Jesus. Because 
God set out this plan, like where it says, you know, Elijah had to come first. See, all Old Testament is all, like, if you read it through the eyes of Jesus, you see it's this whole road that leads up to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And all these prophets that prophesied about Jesus, about the Messiah, and all of these things. And, um, you know, Jesus came to restore the kingdom of God. He came to restore that Adam and Eve had the ability and the experience of walking with the creator of the universe in the cool of the day, walking with him with nothing in between them. There was no shame. There was no um, evil. There, there was nothing between them. So during all this time, there was this, this space, this gap, this thing between man and God. And so when Jesus came, he came to bring that back together. He came, so by believing in Jesus and by accepting that gift and all of that, what happens on the inside is that new creation starts. Hmm. And yeah, if you're still, you have brown hair, you're still going to have brown hair. If you yeah. speak Spanish, you're still going to speak Spanish. All those natural things are going to be the same. See? But something yeah. on the inside is changed yeah. and new, and it's yeah. supernatural. And so, you know, there's, I, I, I think one of the faults I've seen in a lot of Christians that I've been around, you know, is that, being high-minded and superior to people of other belief systems, you know, like a Buddhist or Muslims or, uh, you know, people that follow Hare Krishna or Holly Selassie or any of these people. And, um, you know, I believe that they find that in religions, uh, people find a certain portion of peace um, through the traditions, through the family, through the meals they share together, through doing the same thing. And, and all the things they do, they experience this portion of peace, and it brings them something. But the thing is, is that there, there's no supernatural quality to those beliefs. You know, in verse 7, God, the, 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 the cloud and the voice that came out, that was the voice of the, of the living God. That was the voice of creator God, the same God who said, let there be light. And let there be deep sea creatures, and let there be the Amazon jungle, and let there be the tiny cells of the DNA that make up a human. Mm. That same God said, this is my son. He put his stamp on, on, on Jesus and said, listen to him and obey him. Mm. And so there's these supernatural qualities and characteristics of Jesus. And the transfiguration, what happened, you know, it just seems kind of far out, but what happened was that was a supernatural thing. When Jesus turned all bright, and there's Peter and James and John, and they're like, what is going on? And then Jesus is having this private conversation with Elijah and Moses, you know. And then I started thinking about Elijah and Moses, and why were they there? And, um, you know, they, they were glorified saints. They'd already been in heaven. They already knew the plan, you know, because when, when, when men, man and woman blew it, uh, God immediately set a plan, or maybe he already had a plan before, to, like, bring them back to that connection with God, you know, because... What it is, is it's all this relate. It's all relationship, you know. Mm. God wants to walk with all of us. He wants to be in our everyday life and fulfill us and give us peace. Mm. And and and, and th that's what is offered compared to like other. What we have really isn't like a religion or a belief system or a way of life. It's a supernatural thing. It's like when we welcome Jesus into our life, we are taking a drink of living water. And the peace that passes Amen. understanding that settles so far into our spirit and fills up every crack and crevice yeah. and every terrible thing that's ever happened to us. And there's no other religion or belief system that can offer that. Right. There's just not because it's not supernatural. And, you know, I, I started thinking about Moses, you know, and Moses and Elijah come before and they were in heaven. They knew the plan. And, uh, you know, uh, anyone who grew up in church or whatever, but you know about Moses with, you know, what he went through to figure out who he was 
And he, he, he led this whole nation of people out of, out of slavery and bondage and brought them to a new land. And just so many things happened in Supernatural. Hmm. And then I, I uh, you know, I kind of forgot the, the story of Elijah because I always got Elijah and Elisha confused. <laughs> and so I was like, I looked it up. And it's it's actually, if you, if you ever want to read it, First Kings 6, First Kings 16 to 18 is a lot about Elijah. But he was, you know, he was the one who God said, go live out by this river and trust me to take care of you. And, and God brought food through animals, brought ravens, uh, brought him food, and he drank from the brook, and he had this time alone with God. And then also, and then he, um, let me see, what else did Elijah do? Oh, he uh, was coming against, he came up against 850 prophets, or uh, false gods, goddesses, all these people that challenged him. He was this one man, and they, they were like, okay, how is your God real? And our God isn't. And that was the story when he said, pour all the water on the, on the, on the altar. And, and the, the, the prophets of Baal were trying to call down their God, and Baal wouldn't come down, so they started cutting themselves and doing all this crazy stuff, and nothing happened. But then Elijah said, hey, the living God, and he cried out to God, and God came down and consumed that fire and burn up all the water around it. So these are very supernatural things. And then, you know, it says in this, in uh, the set first Kings, how uh, he was being chased and he ran 20 miles nonstop so fast that he outran the chariot. So just keep going back to the supernatural thing. This is, all of this is supernatural and everything that we have in Christ is supernatural. It's not really, it's not just the way of living and a lifestyle. It's a supernatural Thing that happens on the inside of the human spirit that comes to the outside. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so um, that's good. Mm-hmm. Let me see here. Um, so Jesus told them not to talk of this because you know Jesus, uh, everything he did was with intention and purpose. You know, he was only on the earth for 33 years, and I think every moment of his life was just. It was he was very efficient. You know, there wasn't any waste of time, and there was there was moments, you know, that this what happened with his life, with his death, and with his burial and resurrection. It was so perfectly planned out. It wasn't just this sloppy plan and this crazy story. It was created by the Creator God to restore mankind back to that shoulder to shoulder, walking in the cool day of the day relationship. And so he said, don't tell anybody because it wasn't the right time. And Elijah came first and because Elijah and Moses showed the supernatural and talked about Jesus before he even came. So anyway, let's see, let me go here. Jesus um, let's see. Yeah, there's there's these two I challenge you to uh, Get into study the epistles. Um, you know, the, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they give the story of Jesus. They proclaim the gospel. Like, what did, we study Jesus. But it's really good to get in and study the, uh, the epistles because, you know, most of them are written by Paul, the Apostle Paul. And he was kind of known to be like this zealot, kind of radical person. So his delivery sometimes comes off a little strong and intense. But if you really dig in, there's some beautiful things in there, and some uh, he's speaking to the church. The letters he's writing is to the church, and we're the church. We're still that same church that started back in Acts and continues to to today. And so one of the prayer, there's uh, two prayers in Ephesians that Paul prayed, and I pray over myself and others uh, frequently. But one of them is Ephesians one, and there's a part of it where it says. 
that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, and that we come to know the exceeding greatness of his power that is in and for us. And what in you know, comparing to belief systems of Jesus, there is power available. You know, when Jesus was resurrected, there was this power that was dispersed on planet Earth that's available to us. That same power lives in us. We have an inheritance. We are joint heirs with Jesus. But, but, the, but people, you might think, like, well, why is this happening for me? You know, mm. why, you know, and, and what it is is because we have to seek to find. Everything mm. with God is this personal relationship. And, you know, when you look up the word seek where it says, seeking you shall find, asking you shall receive, that means digging deep. Like, you, 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 there's something underground, there's a piece of gold, and you get down there and get your hands dirty and you dig hard. And you gotta, you, you gotta go after it. You gotta and believe, like in Hebrews 11, it says, when we even come to God, we have to believe that He is. You gotta believe that He exists, and then you also have to believe that He's a rewarder, that He's a good God. You know? I mean, think about this. Like, uh, I love the paradox of the Holy Trinity, you know, because there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And, you know, there's these three individual beings with three individual personalities and purposes, but it makes us one God, you know. And, and uh, God the Father is God a man, is God a woman. God doesn't, I don't believe God has a gender. But the thing is, God is not an it because God has eyes. He has a heart. He has hands. He has a mind. He has words. And so there has to be, in the overall personality of the creator God, not Jesus and the Holy Spirit, is of a heavenly father, okay? Not a father who beats, takes advantage of, humiliates, molests her children, but a father who loves. There's a, and, and it says in um, Matthew 7, 11, if your earthly good fathers know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your heavenly father want to give to his children? We are not servants and slaves of God. We are God's children. Right. And there's right. the prayer in Ephesians, the two prayers in the one uh, prayer in Ephesians 3. It says, I pray to the Father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. Like everything that there could be of a good, perfect father, that's the overall personality of uh, the Father God. That's why there's an assigned pronoun of he. And then there's the Holy Spirit, and, the, and there's Jesus. And it's important for us to know all those sides of God, you know, because it's, uh, you know, it's like the infinity of God. I mean, our minds are finite. God is infinite. And if we could really wrap our minds completely around God, we, then we would be God, you know? Okay. So there's just that complexity and intensity, and it's, it's exciting to me because no matter – you know, no matter how much you study or dig in, you always find that there's more. Yeah. Like, you never exhaust God's power and God's peace and God's joy. You never exhaust the excitement of the nuggets and treasures you find in God's word. Mm-hmm. When you seek out, what is this inheritance that belongs to me? What belongs to me? What does it mean to be a joint heir with Jesus, that I'm seated in heavenly places with Jesus? What does it mean? And when you start to dig in and you get excited and you dig in, you know, and I just want to stir everybody up today to really get hungry for the Word of God, you know? The Word of God is God speaking to you, you know? It's real, it's alive, and if you dig in and you find what it says about you, you know, we get these thoughts, like, you know, anxious thoughts. I battle with anxiety and repetitive thinking and all these emotional things, and one of the things 
is like, you're a loser. Like, I feel like a loser a lot of times. Like, mm. my life is measured in, you know, I, I don't make enough money. I drive a junky car. I'm a loser. And so when I get those feelings and thoughts and I get so down on myself, I just say, no, you know what? Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. Amen. I'm a child of the living God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. I know the creator of the universe. I know I have the peace that passes all understanding. God's not given me the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And all those yep. things, it's like come into agreement with God's word. What does God's yeah. word say about you? Don't come into agreement with your anxiety and fearful and depressed thoughts and start forming your life and identity and path of life that way. Amen. Dig in and find out what God's word says about you because it's a life of victory. Yes. It's a life of health and good things. And you, you know, and it's a great life. <laughs> I get excited talking about it because it's just, a, it's transformed me. You know, I I come from a, a long line of addicts. And, you know, there was a, there, when I started turning my life back to God, there were, I was drinking so heavily. And I just know, like, I would have rotted my liver out by the, before 50. You know, my grandfather, my maternal grandfather died at 49 of alcoholism. Mm. And it's just, you know, everybody, we all, human beings, we all got this gaping hole. It's in here, man. Everybody carries it around. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing that quenches it deeply besides Jesus and besides finding out who you are. When you accept that you're a child of God because of the sacrifice of what Jesus did on the cross, and what he's doing today. What is Jesus doing today? You know, we know that he lived, we know that he died, that he was crucified and raised again. It says that he's seated next to the God the Father, and he's our high priest. And he's talking to God all the time about us because he was here. He walked on this earth. He knew what it felt to be rejected and alone and despised and spit on. Everything that we've ever could be through, go through in our lives that has hurt our soul and damaged us, Jesus went through so he can sit next to the creator and say, I know I was there. And he's like, he's dancing the gap between us and the creator God. It's a powerful thing. So anyway, so I just want to stir you up today to think, to get, dig into God's word and to know that you are a child of God, that you're a joint heir with Jesus. And to think about the power of God working in you and working for you. And it's a real thing. And I'm going to read a last scripture here I'm going to read. Because we're talking about the transfiguration. It's a supernatural thing. And when we come to, in, to the light of Christ and we dig into God's word and we start putting it in our life and eating it and digesting it and it becomes part of ourselves and our DNA, we go through a transfiguration. Yeah. We go, it says we go from glory to glory. So last scripture here I'm going to read is 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. And then I'm going to read chapter 4, 6 and 7. So 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage, and freedom. Yeah. And all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continued to behold in the word of God, as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are constantly being transfigured mm -hmm. into his very own image. In ever increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. From this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. What, what passage is that? That is 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. That's good. And then uh, the next chapter, 4, chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. God who said, let, let light shine out of the darkness, has shown in our hearts as to beam forth the light for the illumination of the knowledge of 
of the majesty and glory of God, as it is manifest in the person and is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. However, we possess this precious treasure, the divine light of the gospel in these frail human vessels of earth, that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of that power may be shown to be from God and not of ourselves. You know, we aren't the light. Jesus is the light. Right. He lives right. on the inside, and we reflect the light. And everywhere we go, you know, so I like how this says this, that, you know, um, we live in these frail human vessels. Because, you know, sometimes I just feel the spirit of God rumbling in me so much, and then it's just like, I'm just this person walking on the earth, you know, just like one of the seven trillion, however many people are on planet earth. But there's something on the inside. And that light really comes out through a lot of love and kindness. You know, wherever you are, wherever you go, you know, that light of being, we don't have to go preach to people. We don't have to, you know, preach to people's faces all the time. We just have to be kind and loving. And there's something about us that, that they will see and they will be drawn to. Yeah. And God is always, God cares about humanity and is always wanting every person, God wants every person to come into this beautiful relationship, intimate relationship with him. So God is always working on every human being's heart. We can't mm -hmm. see it. But yeah. when we go into places and wherever we are, we carry that spirit. Yeah. And God's working on them and God's working on us. And, and it's a wonderful thing. And uh, I think that's all I have to say. <laughs> anyway, I'm just going to pray. Yeah, I'm going to pray and uh, um, thank you for being here. God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that it's light and light to us. God is eternal. And I thank you for every heart here and ears here that have received it and it's going in their hearts and it's planting seeds and it's going, they're going to think about it and it's going to grow and it's going to bring life to them. And God, I just thank you for, for Pastor Bethany and Jason. I thank you for their, their faithfulness and their goodness and their true hearts for this ministry. And we all just pray a special blessing on them today. And we thank you for the good that they do. And we thank you that you are a good God and your mercy endures forever and is brand new every morning. Yeah. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Thank, thank you, Haley. Uh, so good. Yeah. I just wanted to see if anything was stirring in anybody. The thing that like was really connecting with me, especially as we go into response, was, was that metaphor that you gave of like digging deep, Kaylee. Yeah. Like I kept thinking about how when we dig into God's word, sometimes, or when I when I feel like I'm digging for gold, you use that metaphor of like digging for gold. I feel like if I'm digging with my bare hands, they start to get really sore really fast. And um, and I kept thinking about like what kind of tools that God gives us to dig deep into his word. Like, what are the tools, if we are carrying around like a backpack with us, what kind of tools are in there for us to actually dig into the depth of God's word? But what, what else came up for people? Anything else? Yeah, go ahead, Trini. When you're with the spirit, there's freedom. Yeah. And I feel like so many people outside the faith see it as a bunch of rules mm. or um, very restricted yeah. and um, or closed-minded or all of these ideas of what Christianity is. And I think that um, if they, I always often think like if they only knew like the freedom. Yeah. Um, that comes from it. So yeah. Changing the way you think about. Totally. So, Destiny, when you when you came back to the Lord, 
what kinds of, like, how did, how did freedom look like for you? What did that look like in your life? Um, I think that I um, was kind of dealing with the challenges of life um, by putting bandages that mm-hmm. never really worked yeah. or distracting myself with, like, my career or the things around me. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was always this gaping hole that was never fulfilled with with um, the things that I thought would, would treat that wound. Right, so right. So I, I guess the freedom was having the wound totally healed. Wow, that's really good. Anybody else? Yeah, Tamara. Oh, I just wanted to say thank you to Amy because to me she really represents just a genuine heart and yeah. how you approach the word of God. It's so easy to just be always putting your thinking cap on when yeah. you're reading scripture, but to me Haley represents and has spoken of the heart. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really key for us in our walk is to really approach God's word with our heart. And yeah. Totally. Thank you. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, Karen. I just wanted to say that Haiti was successful. She stirred me up. <laughs> <laughs> and I started to think, okay, when can I go on a retreat with a bunch of like-minded people like this? Yeah. And go away for a week and forget about teaching kindergarten and gorgeous family and all, but just go and just die. So thank you, Haley. Yeah. Yeah, that, that hunger for God's word. Yeah. Is is depth is deep and it, it's so cool. Yeah, Jay. Uh, I was just curious to you know if people um, kinds of images stir for people with the word supernatural. Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, what comes up? Yeah, Martha. Well, I just wanted to share that for me, I have a hard time articulating it, but thank you, Haley, for for saying that because. Um, you know, growing up Catholic, um, there is kind of like a level of um, what she said, that comfort and that, you know, family, like, I mean, you just are born into it. You yeah. Know? And uh, since moving here, I have experienced a lot of, like, supernatural experiences that I had never experienced before. Uh, one time was, like, really, um, I don't know, you know how the fog just comes on and then the, the, the weather just comes on? And I'm yeah. from L.A., and so um, somehow I I I, I um, put water on my windshield and I started driving and all of a sudden I felt like I was blinded. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I was driving and I was like, oh my gosh, like that's like, I knew that was the Lord. Wow. Because I could have, you know, I wasn't familiar with the weather and like just a bunch of other times where I'm just like, this is God. Yeah. And I never had that you know, in my entire life, and you really articulate it for me, this, like, constant desire to come to Catalyst, to be here, because I feel like your genuine heart, you know, is, like, ministering to me, and how sometimes I go in and out, yeah. and when I'm struggling the most, and I also have the same thing as Haley, where I feel like, you know, I have to have a certain way, and then you know, people in this church always bless me, and I feel like Elijah, that I've gone to a place yeah. with, like, you know, just God's people around me to prove to me that he's real, mm. and that's why I'm here today, and that really resonated with me. That's good. I think sometimes when we think of supernatural, for me, growing up Baptist in a pretty conservative Baptist sort of space where 
supernatural, I always just assume, meant speaking in tongues and like the weird Pentecostals down the street. I think sometimes when we think of supernatural, we think of like the over the overabundance that we see in God. And I think that that's absolutely true. But there's a reality that, that, um, that Haley was talking about, about that supernatural, that thing that happens when we, when we become new creations, when the old is gone. That is a supernatural sort of a severing that happens with our old self that is done away with, that is gone, that might creep up in different ways in our life every once in a while when God like rids you of anger in your life and that is no longer your primary identity. That is a supernatural thing that happens. But sometimes... Little bits of anger might come back. That is no longer your identity, but it is something that you are still kind of processing through in your life just because you're a human being. So sometimes I think of the supernatural like like a a balloon. A balloon always has, unless it's tied off, but it, it always has air in it. But there can always be more air. And so we, we are filled with God's spirit and no matter what. If we are Christians, we are filled with God's spirit, but there's always room for expansion within that spirit. Yeah. It's like this constant filling up that can happen that won't ever pop, so don't worry about that happening. <laughs> but there is this sense. Yeah, Devin? Oh, no, I don't want to oh. cut you off. Cool. No, you're good. Uh, but yeah, that, this overexpansion. And I think one of the tools that we have in our bags when it comes to digging deep into God's word is through worship, is through music. Worship, whether we're singing God's word, a psalm over our hearts, or we're singing something that some random person wrote, or Phil Wickham, or whoever it is, wrote, we get to adopt those words as a tool to dig deeper into God's word. God's word that's already within us, and God's word that is next to us. So we're going to go into our time of response. Oh, Jay. Yeah, Yeah. oh, please. My views might be totally different than most of the people in the room, yeah. but I really love your, your, your sermon today. Thank, Thank you. you. Mm-hmm. I could feel a heart of peace, and you're talking about how like this heart of peace was like intertwined with relationship in this way that was just indescribable yeah. and supernatural from the very beginning. And I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but you said something like, uh, you know, this is the only religion or the only thing that can fill that. And I, I wondered if, I always just wonder, you know, if maybe there is some of that in other religions too. Uh, you know, just, just to be open to that because that experience was so real for you. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if there was an experience for someone else in a different part of the world who grew up in a different environment and learned different stories about how the spirit is and how the universe functions. I wonder if they found something good too. You know, and yeah. I wonder if maybe uh, maybe there is some of that as well. Not not just one way, but maybe there are some other things too that are good. Yeah. That might be unpopular, but I No, I think it's very I welcome. It. Absolutely. Kind of jumping off slash synthesizing. Uh, what, uh, what I think is supernatural, the word that comes, I have a word that comes to an image, because all of the images that come are like totally conventional stuff that was like given to me in children's But the word that comes to mind is inexplicable. Mm. And um, some people like the idea of inexplicable, and some people don't like the idea of inexplicable. Sometimes inexplicable is something that causes you to want to reject. Sometimes inexplicable is something that causes you to want to get excited and to jump in. Um, But it too is thinking about other folks who have other religions but still acknowledge. 
back to the idea of worship and music. There is mm. kind of a sensation that goes through your body and your heart and your mind as you're singing or making music and wanting to express your gratitude or to worship something bigger. Mm-hmm. And I love that that phenomenon is experienced across the world. Yeah. And I believe that is a connection between yeah. God. Yeah. And, yeah. and it is inexplicable. Yeah, there's, there is this... Um, we, we as Christians, especially Western Christianity, we have this really uh, deep desire. I don't know why, but we have this deep desire to limit God's power and to limit where God moves and where God's spirit is moving. And oftentimes we limit God's spirit to a specific looking sect of Christianity even, uh, where when I was growing up, it was only the Baptists that were saved, you guys. <laughs> or whatever denomination or area of Christianity that you grew up in. And so we, we bring those sorts of mentalities in us, in like how we read the Bible even. We have that lens that is not healthy, it's not godly, but it's a lens that we have that I think conversations like this help kind of remove some of those barriers. That God is so much bigger and vaster and greater than this one expression of God's faith. And through Christ, I believe, truly, I, I truly believe that, that Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. But, but there are so many expressions where God is moving people into a place of understanding of Jesus. And maybe the understanding of Jesus doesn't quite look like our Western understanding of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But Jesus yeah. is bigger and God is bigger than what we could ever imagine. Haley. Um, we talked about, Tam, remember that book, uh, Eternity in Their Hearts? I think we talked about that at Bible study. Anyway, there's this book called Eternity in Their Hearts, and it's about all these cultures in the world. There's so many cultures, and you know, and I don't like, I really oppose like the ethnocentric thing of Christianity. Like, Jesus is a white Republican that lives, you know, those kind of things. But you know, I I believe like God is a God of hearts. And if there's like a little person in China or Africa or anywhere in the remote, crazy parts of this world, and they in the depths of their heart, they cry out with their passionate heart to a, to a God, to a living God. I believe that God hears their cry. Yeah. You know, but then we can't get away from the fact that you know I, that's I believe comes in a portion. But the full access, like we are children of God, we have full access to everything in God mm. because. Jesus did say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say, I am a way. Mm-hmm. And that's just what, you know, that's just what he said. And that's what I believe. But I believe that God, God is a God of hearts. And anybody in this world, even if they don't believe in Jesus, if they cry out yeah. in their hearts, I believe God will meet them right where they are. Mm-hmm. You know, in their language and in their place. And mm-hmm. anywhere, so. That's good. All right. Well, there's a lot of, yeah, Tamara, you want to close this out? Yeah. And I feel like there's a really great writer, actually, C.S. Lewis, who wrote a bunch of books, and one of them, uh, novels, children's novels, The Last Battle, and it is this thing about the Tosh. There's a set of people that don't necessarily believe or follow Adlan, who's the Christ figure in the story. Right. But they have bravery. They have um, this courage. They have good things that they pursue, and in that, when they walk through this barn, which is this symbol of like transforming over to the, you know, the afterlife, um, basically they are encountering Adlan as the yeah. person they've been worshiping their whole life. So, to me, it's not about religions or separation. 
about where can we find truth. Well, yeah. Amen. Amen. That's good. That's good. Well, on that, we're going to go into our time of response. Are we singing two songs? Two is, yeah, let's do, let's do two. Oh, well, either way, either way, whatever you guys feel, let the spirit lead. Uh, yeah, and you're welcome to worship how you'd like, um, but we're going we're gonna to worship together. Uh, and there's communion in the back. Whenever you are ready, you're welcome to come and grab it. And um, yeah, so amen. <laughs>